Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. You're back on the Racing and Sports Punters Pod on this Friday, December the 16th, barely 60 hours out from the World Cup final, if you can believe it, between Argentina and France. Jimmy Buckley with you with a returning special guest today, helping fill the void of New Zealand international stardom left by Ken Rutherford, who can't be with us today. I speak of none other than the great Ricky Herbert. Welcome back, mate. Cheers, Jimmy. Hope you're well, mate. Doing well at my end, mate, and same to you. How have you been keeping since the last time we spoke to you there two weeks ago? Yeah, look, pretty full on, James, to be fair. So still a lot of football happening, um, sort of rolling down to the Christmas period. But I I guess to be fair, mate, we'd better give a a, a big shout-out to our um, mutual friend and Ken Rutherford, who's been under the weather a little bit the past few days. The big fella, he's uh, he's struggling. But, uh, yeah, hopefully just getting it all out of the way before the the festive season really kicks in. We may not see him until next year, so uh, he'll be back better than ever, no doubt. We send him our best wishes. No doubt he'll be uh, indulging in a nice festive period, hopefully. (laughs) Let's hope so. And uh, just to tidy a few things up, Rickster, mate, thank you very much for the tip a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, Sacred Satano. At Pukekohe, I think we got close to $3 when you tipped and jumped odds on and duly saluted. So we'll be certainly getting your thoughts a little bit later on in the show about uh, about this coming weekend. But firstly, the 2022 World Cup in Qatar is close to a finale. We've landed at a, a fitting final, pitting Messi, the magician, against the majesty of Mbappe. We enjoyed a stellar run by Morocco, flying the Arab flag and proving the powers of of Desert Theory, and we've even enjoyed a mini run by the Socceroos who had to play both finalists over the course of their World Cup journey. Ricky, what have been the highlights for you so far? Oh, look, I think, you know, I'd have to say absolutely outstanding uh, to view, really, James. I think just, you know, just the, the depth and quality of the World Cup, the emergence of, of countries like Morocco, Saudi Arabia on the opening game against Argentina, um, you know, the emergence on the world stage of some up-and-coming, talented, younger players. I guess the bowing out of some big countries. I think we've had it all, really. I mean, it's been a smorgasbord of everything you could you could kind of ask for. And um, But I think as a, a neutral sort of pundit and a, and a lover of the sport, look, I've, I've just really embraced, the, you know, the four o'clock mornings and getting up and, and, and just seeing some really, you know, entertaining um, some real courageous teams, hard on the sleeve. But just, look, I think just absolute quality right across the board. And, um, you know, the good thing for me is we're going to come out of the back of this World Cup and, you know, it's really going to stamp football on the world mark as being, you know, just just a huge game um, and just so many talented countries coming through now that play the sport and play it at a great level. Yeah, I agree. And we went into this World Cup, uh, I think, um, with a bit of trepidation. There was a lot of bad press around things that had happened in the lead-up. But I think we're going to come out of it, uh, and football is going to be the real winner. Like you say, there's been some absolutely tremendous action on the pitch. And to get Argentina versus France, two sides that have just warmed into this tournament sensationally well, and, you know, arguably... 
well, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest we've ever seen, uh, soon to pass the buck, you would think, to Kylian Mbappe, who has been absolutely sensational again over the past month or so. Could you have envisaged a better final, Ricky? Yeah, look, I think um, if, if I could just say one thing leading into that, James, I think really interesting on the TV last night to see a young guy who was followed around with a film crew and his dad who has actually been to 62 football matches. Cool. He's only been 62 in total to date. And he's actually been present at those 62 matches. How cool oh. is that? You know, how exciting. No doubt he didn't stay for, for the full duration of every match, but he got himself around as a challenge and he's got two to go. Um, so I thought I'd just chuck that out there because I'm not sure we'll ever see that again. So, um, you know, cr- credit to that young man and his energy. But um, yeah, look, um, great question, really, James. I think, you know, at the, start of the, at the start of the campaign, I mean, you look at those two countries, France, current world champions, Argentina, you know, there's that real fairy tale story, Messi, you know, the quality of the person on the pitch, um, you know, to lead that through all the, you know, trials and tribulations and challenges and upsets, you know, when you look at their opening game and getting beaten and then, you know, could they now be the, uh, you know, the followers of Spain who in 2010 rode through that same pathway getting beaten in the opening game and then lifted the trophy at the end of it. Look, I think it's a match made in heaven, isn't it? I mean, you've got Mbappe who's just, pronounced himself on the world world stage could he be now the architect who kind of picks up this flag and mantle and and leads the quality of you know superstar superstardom um over the next period of time um being graced um on the same pitches you know such an iconic um, world-class player who's just delighted so many people and households around the world not only at club but certainly at country and in, in, in messy so um Look, I think this has got a, an amazing recipe. It's got emotion, um, you know, given Messi's presence. Um, but I've, I also think it's got link to, you know, the future of, of, of our, you know, beloved sport and what, you know, some of the younger players coming through now can produce and will put a foothold into that, um, you know, taking the game to another dimension into a different era. If I can pick your managerial mind for a quick moment there, Ricky, I'm curious to to know how you think this one might play out because we have we have two teams that are just littered with technical talent across the pitch, but two teams that have, even in, in more recent times, been happy enough to sit back and absorb a fair bit of pressure before launching what would have been some lethal counterattacks. But you've also got two teams who are more than comfortable just passing that ball around, slowly, slowly, patiently building up, working up to the opposition penalty area, and then trying to pull the trigger. France obviously have the big bodies in the box, which, which Argentina don't have from an attacking point of view, but Argentina have some, some amazing technicians who can pick a pass when it happens. I mean, how are you expecting this one to play out? Yeah, look, I think the moot point for me was the Argentinian semi-final win. You know, there was a great tactical change that they were able to match up in midfield at a different dimension by adding another midfielder in there to, you know, arguably come up against you know, potentially the best three midfielders in the tournament. It probably didn't stack out that way for Croatia as things unfolded, but um, and I think you know Argentina from from uh, both sides really, James. I think you know the the, the quality 
right across the pitch, and undoubtedly, you know, there's world class players from from back to front. But I think you know the true quality and the part that that hurts, uh, whilst it sounds simple, is certainly that attacking point end of both of the teams. The explosiveness of Messi to pick a ball up and exploit people 1v1, at times 1v2, um, as, as we saw through the semi-final. And the same with Mbappe, just the rapid pace of such a, a talented young player to exploit potentially a, a small vulnerability in what we might see in the Argentinian defence. So I agree. I mean, I, I was saying on the radio in New Zealand yesterday, I'm not sure France have been at their best in the last two games. But I think they've managed to sail their way through with injuries. They've got a number of, you know, world-class players that aren't, aren't in the side. So, you know, credit to where they are, the depth, you know, the ability to, to come through a tournament, sort of um, to position themselves in the final, to give themselves that, a great chance of going back-to-back. Um, so I think we're going to see, you know, just that explosiveness. And it's going to be the ability of, of the better defenders to be able to deal with that. And I think we saw in the semi-finals potentially a, a little bit of a chink in the armour of the opposition in Morocco and, and Croatia that weren't able to deal with that powerful counter-attack that both sides possess. So, look, I think there'll be goals. I'm hoping there's goals. Um, I've, I've actually got one to throw out for you as well, James, as a, as a, as a little bet that, that I think, you know, potentially could look quite nice and, and a good value. But... Um, Look, I think it'll be massively entertaining. And I think, I don't think, as I say, I don't think we've seen the best of France in the last two. I think we're going to see the best of them in the final. Yeah, we'll get to that bet in a little moment. Acuna comes back in for Argentina at fullback. And there has been a whisper suggesting that Karim Benzema may be picked from the clouds, having returned from injury. We'll see how that plays out. Now, Argentina, $2.80. The draw, $3.05, and France, $2.75. That's with Ned. So there is absolutely nothing between these two sides. From a betting proposition, Ricky, what is that bet that you're keen on for the final, mate? Yeah, look, I like... um, It's a power play that we've got operating on the um, New Zealand market, so hopefully that transcends across. But um, each team, two shots on target in each half. $8. I kind of thought that was good value, James. To be fair, quite extraordinary value. Um, you know, because I think you, you're going to have the, the fluency of of coming out of midfield and that counter-attacking. I think there will be chances. And I'm thinking mm, each team, two shots on target. I mean, if that's all they do in the whole of the match, that's only four shots on target. I think we're going to see a little bit more from that from that statistics-wise. And, and hopefully we see two in each half. Yeah, gee whiz, $8 is a fair old price there. Now, as far as picking a winner here, do you, do you have a lean either way, Ricky? Well, I'm going to get off the fence um, <laughs> and, and, and and not wobble here, to be fair, James. And, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I do have to say, in the media at the start of the campaign, I did, I did wave the flag for, uh, for France. So I'm going to stay with them. Um, as I say, they've been okay. They've been okay to get to where they are now. I just think they've got a little bit more in store. Um, Benzema, will, will he come in? You know, what a what a great position for the coach to be in, to think player of that quality coming back and you know, probably a few heartaches and, and headaches, but some great ones to have. I certainly wouldn't have minded that. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm going to lean towards France. I don't think there'll be a lot in it. I think it'll be tight as. Um, 
but I see this sort of being end-to-end, a little bit flowing. I don't, I don't think people will shut up shop. Um, unless somebody scores early, we might see a little change in tactics, but I think it could be quite flowing. Last World Cup final, France beat Croatia 4-2, and, th- and that kind of bucked the trend of what tended to be low-scoring affairs. Uh, 2014 went to extra time, Germany beat Argentina 1-0. 2010 went to extra time, Spain beat the Netherlands 1-0. 06, we had the penalty shootout between France and Italy, which ended one all. Italy winning that one there. And then uh, 2002, Brazil win the final 2-0. You've got to go back to 1998, when it was France again, who beat Brazil 3-0. Uh, I think that was the day Ronaldo was was pretty crook. So potentially a, a bit of a change in the way these finals have been played based on what happened four years ago. And like you say, I don't think either side is going to be nervous and, and sit back and, and wait for something to happen. You know, they both have the quality to really take this game by the scruff of the neck. I mean, what a fascinating game. The only downer really is it's at <laughs> it's at 2 a.m. Australian time Monday morning. I think it'll be 4 a.m. for you over there, Ricky. So that's probably just about manageable. Yeah, look, I think we've, we've rolled that sort of dice a few times, having to, to, to get up and, and watch. And as I say, like, fantastic. It's been great getting up and watching you know, a, ver- you know, a various amount of different games. But, uh, no, I'll certainly be uh, glued, glued to the TV, but... Uh, yeah, look, I think, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, for me, the semi-finals are always where the vulnerability potentially could come. And I think if there's going to be a little bit of caution, you know, I perhaps would have thought in that. But, you know, three goals for Argentina, two for France. I mean, even in the France game, it was open-ended. I think it was something like 14 shots apiece or on target. So plenty of action and plenty of desperation and, you know, in, in, in a game where... You know, sometimes you, you, you get your nose in front and you might think that that's enough and we can kind of lock things down and, and guide ourselves through to the final. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we're, I'm hoping we see some entertainment because there's some absolutely fantastic players on, on display and, you know, right across the board. But I think the attacking prowess of both those teams is hugely exciting and, um, you know, I think we're in for a great final. So there you go, $2.75 for France to win if you want to follow Ricky in. And keep an eye out for his other one. That's absolutely fantastic value, $8 each team to have just two shots on target in each half. What a spectacular game we're in for. Now, just quickly, Rick, the third-place playoff, which we get uh, a day earlier, Croatia versus Morocco. Croatia $2.35, Morocco $3, and the draw is $3.35. Do you have a lean in this one? Yeah, look, I'm going to put my heart on the sleeve a little bit here and bring some emotion to the table too, James. And um, I'm I'm going with Morocco. Nice. And I think, you know, what a story these guys have created. You know, I think it. You know, the desperation, the resilience. You know, the appetite. The, you know, I'm I'm talking about the norm that you'd expect from players playing on the world stage at this level, but they've done this just in an abundance. You know, the, the, the emergence, the crowd. You know, just the the way that, you know, that country's been represented at the World Cup, I think, has been absolutely outstanding. And, you know, I think if we roll the clock forward, it's just, you know, a real stake in the ground for, for you know, African nations and that part of the Confederation and the emergence that we haven't seen previously. And I think, you know, well, what what could that look like? Not, not only with Morocco, with a number of those sides out of that continent or Confederation leading towards 2026 and beyond. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm staying with them. Um, you know, I think they will just give everything they possibly can. And that's not to say Croatia won't. They're an absolute talented side. And, 
you know, with a player like Modric, I think, um, you know, he he's probably hasn't for for a number of reasons, but just you know, probably hasn't had that sort of media coverage and that that he he deserves. I mean, he he has warmed the hearts of everybody around the world so many times. I mean, he's a real architect. He's just a sensational player, and. Um, you know, time moves on, and 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 perhaps his career now internationally is moving on. But uh, you know, there'll be an emotional side to that Croatian team as as they play in that uh, in that playoff spot. But I'm going to lead towards Morocco, and I'm going to throw in the same bet as well, um, James. I just I just fancy two shots on target each half, both teams in New Zealand at seven dollars fifty. I don't think there'll be any holes barred here. I think both these teams are going to be all guns blazing. This could be an absolute spectacle, um, and we could be in for something really special. Yeah, it'd be worth watching this one. Uh, look, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there on the Morocco side. $3, I think that's a fantastic price. That stadium is just going to be absolutely heaving with Moroccan support. Jeez, they've been a, a wonderful story. They probably surprise a lot of people. I think they're ranked about 22 in the world, and the majority of their 11 actually are playing in Europe or are playing for big European clubs. They're a fantastic side on paper. Certainly slipped under the radar coming into this tournament. But, geez, they've they've made some highlights that are going to stick with us for a very long time. And I'll tell you what, they were a post-width away from drawing level with France in that semi-final with that, that brilliant bicycle kick. And, you know, from there, anything can happen. So they've really proven themselves. And like you say, Ricky, this could be the catalyst, hopefully, um, to, to a, an entire new generation of, of footballing stars and footballing success uh, from that African continent, which, I mean, as you would know, is just littered with, with superstar talent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really presented itself as, you know, that global viewing of, of, of players now coming out of there. And, um, you know, I think, you know, when you look at their campaign through the World Cup, they've beaten top teams. You know, it hasn't been a, oh, Morocco beat somebody 1-0 and then lost and was knocked out of the World Cup. You know, I think they've, they've gone through and they've, they've just, you know, maintained that, you know, true team resilience, quality when needed. You know, I just love the desperation. You know, I, I, I just think, you know, they brought those things that you, you want to see from the players and then they've just added that quality on top. And, you know, they probably fell short just clinically a little bit in that final third of the pitch against the, the French side when they Look, they had a lot of chances as well in that second half when they were very strong, totally dominated the game. If you're looking at possession stats right across the board, I think something like 62-38. So they're a formidable side. And whatever the result is on Sunday, I think, you know, they've really opened the eyes of the footballing world and well done. They've been a real pleasure to watch. Now, speaking of talent of the future, I wanted to ask you, a bit about your academies in New Zealand and how that's all going. Uh, it seems seems to me like like it's, it's grown a lot over the last few years and, and you're really covering off a lot of territory all the way across New Zealand, mate. Tell us a bit about the academies. Yeah, look, it's been an exciting journey, really. I think it's something, you know, the concept we started uh, sort of 2013, slightly before that when I was managing at the, uh, at the Phoenix. Um, my son has been heavily involved and is is heavily involved as, as a part owner in the academy as we speak um, and a very, very, very good friend of, of my dad who passed away uh, a few years ago. 
has also come into the academy, Braden McGill. Um, so look, we're 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 building as we speak. Um, we're actually, you know, just in the throes of, of launching something pretty big in, in January as well, James. So probably something if we could jump on the podcast and, you know, the back end of January, I'd love to share with you. It's, it's very exciting, a very exciting concept and probably one of the few things or one of the few types of opportunities that, that's available in our country for aspiring young players. Um, so, look, we're, we're working our way through. And, you know, we're in parts of the country where, you know, mainstream uh, – operations aren't and we're reaching out to kids that you know don't get that opportunity and we're, we're looking to provide that for them um, because we feel you know across the country that there's you know opportunities for their kids and um, you know chances to excel and and perform and, and get to the bit you know the the best level potentially whatever that level may be so um, yeah we're super excited you know we're in, in the top part of the North Island down through Auckland Hamilton Cambridge Telpo, Matta Matta, um, son's now down in Wellington. We've got a program operating over the weekend in Christchurch. So, yeah, hugely exciting, really, James. I mean, kids of all ages coming through, male and female, and, you know, just loving it. I mean, it's been something of, you know, it's been my life, and um, it'll certainly continue to be my life, um, but something I love and a huge passion for. And uh, hopefully at some point we, you know, we have the chance of um, – you know, seeing some of this talent come through and uh, perform on the world stage as well. We know of the storied history of the sport in New Zealand when we spoke to you last time and we, and we spoke about that incredible result uh, over in Saudi Arabia and then we, we also discussed the 2010 World Cup journey you guys uh, went on. How have you observed the growth of the sport of football over, say, the last 10 years while you've been running the Ricky Herbert Academies? Yeah, look, the numbers are good, you know, and I think, you know, there's a real attraction to the sport. Um, and I think that right across the board, male and female, I think there's always been a reasonably good percentage growth um, as those years have progressed. And I think one of those is about, and again, getting our national team back to a World Cup. You know, I think that's really important. I mean, as you know, 82 through to 2010 is a long time. Um, we need to be back and, you know, fingers crossed, we should be back in 2026, given the change in, in qualification. Um, our senior women's team is obviously active in the Women's World Cup, um, which is hosted across uh, both Australia and New Zealand 2023. So that's that's a fantastic engagement for all young female players playing the game. Um, so the growth has been exciting and I think it's been consistent and it just seems to you know, keep developing year in, year out. And, you know, there's more players playing abroad now. There's more opportunities. You know, the Wellington Phoenix is still up and running and, and you know, providing professional pathways in their own country. So, you know, I see it as being very healthy, James. You know, I think it's the numbers are there. It's just, you know, retaining the attractability of, of giving, you know, players the sense, the vision and the, and, and the chance to be the best football players they possibly can, whether that's, Domestically, abroad, through American colleges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, yeah, we're you know hopefully we're playing our part because you know I I feel it's important. I'm I'm very passionate about it, and um, you know hopefully we're doing an okay job out there. Yeah, you're doing terrific work there, Ricky and Long, mate. Continue. We certainly look forward to speaking with you at the end of January uh, regarding the update that you can provide us then. Now, before we let you go. 
I'm very keen to hear what you like this weekend. You might have a couple at Flemington. You might have one uh, back home in New Zealand for us, mate. Uh, and like I said, Sacred Satono filled our pockets nicely last time we had you on. What do you like this weekend, Ricky? Okay, so I've, um, I've got, as you say, I've got a couple at Flemington. So uh, race one at Flemington, number 12, River Noir on our totes, 260. Uh, Jamie Carter rides. Peter Moody, the trainer, like it. Think it's it's probably a real good value bet at two sixty. Wouldn't want it any skinnier, to be fair. But I think it could be a nice way to get the program underway, and a few extra spare dollars to play with as the program moves forward. Moving to race four, uh, number fourteen, Awesome John, last start winner, four dollars forty. Jamie Carr again. John O'Shea, the trainer. I've kind of bookmarked this one. I really do like it. Drawn nice and handy. I think it'll sit reasonably close to the pace. I think it's a nice bet. $4.40, number 14, awesome John, in the fourth at Flemington. Moving home, um, I I guess there's a little bit of variation in track conditions across the ditch as well too, James, but... uh, I have to say the the clouds are looming heavily um, in in Cambridge where I am. So um, please, uh, listeners, keep your fingers crossed for the Moritzi Rapa. It could be a little bit changing in track conditions. So please follow the uh, the weather charts. But I've gone in the Eulogy Stakes in race seven, number ten, sealed with a kiss, trained by Mark Walker. But the mount's been taken by Opie Bossom. I think that's a really good indication. The horse has had one start for a win. A little bit surprising to win first up over 1,200. It stretches out, I think, over a mile now for the eulogy stakes. But I'm encouraged by the retention of Opie Bossom on the horse. I think it's a nice bet. I'm just thinking it's 550. I just I forgot to mark that one down. I think it's about five fifty six dollars as we speak. Yeah, very good. So running through those again, Ricky Herbert's tips for Saturday. Flemington race one, number 12, River Noir at about $2.60, coming off a, a very, very nice debut win at Moe. Race four, number 14 at Flemington. Awesome John. John O'Shea trained. Jamie Carter ride. Lightweight chance paying about $4.40. And then Tarapa, race seven, number 10, Sealed with a kiss in the eulogy stakes. Opie Bosson to ride, also coming off a strong debut win. Thank you very much for joining us once again, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, <laughs> I hope you managed to, to get up at 4am and, and watch this World Cup final. It's going to be an absolute ripper. Yeah, look, it's going to be a cracker, James. And uh, I'll certainly be watching. So, um, hey, look, a, a big shout out to all the teams and in, in, in all the playoff games. I think it's, it's amazing what they've done. You know, it's been an electric World Cup. I think it's really ignited fans all around the world. It's been a real pleasure to be able to watch quality football and quality teams. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple of sensational games. Hopefully there's tons of goals and opportunities because um, I think the World Cup's worth that. So, um, yeah, best of luck to everybody. And uh, thanks so much for having me back on the show. Much appreciated. Anytime, mate. We'll speak to you again at the end of January. Merry Christmas to you and your family, mate. Uh, Until then... Happy punting.